Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. And uh, at some point today, we've got to get our, our update on the Novak Djokovic situation. Because there, there are, that's a story that needs updating with some things that, uh, that happened today. Okay, let's do it. Uh, but we'll talk jazz with Locke first, of course. We'll talk uh, overall NBA with David, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the Utah Jazz and uh, where they are and what he expects of them as we get uh, closer to the upcoming NBA season. And obviously, Gordon testing has already uh, begun for NBA teams, and we've seen news uh, come out about uh, some positive tests, including uh, uh, Jokovic. Jokic. What did I say, Jokovic? Jokic, who actually was hanging out with Jokovic, Gordon. That was part of the update on that story. Hmm. Uh, but uh, in, uh, I would imagine uh, we'll see some more going through this process, and we'll talk to David where he's at on uh, on some of this stuff. Speaking of that, did you see the report that uh, Governor Gary Herbert uh, will sign an executive order requiring people to wear masks in the buildings under the control of the executive branch? I did see Including that. all liquor stores and higher education facilities? It's just smart. And Jake, you were wondering about uh, what what could the uh, punitive action be taken for those who do not comply? How about a fine? Okay, that might be a little you know less drastic than hauling people away. Yeah, I mean, I... it's it's on everyone's mind right now. This is uh, this is heavy, and the NBA is doing everything it can to. To keep uh, keep the whole uh, restart safe down in Orlando and and uh, across the country, we we still need to be vigilant about taking care of one another. All right, it's time to talk to David. Locks interview every week, brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. Hello, David. How are you? Hello, Jake. Hello, Gordon. Nice call the other day, Gordon. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate As always. Thank you. Good work. Uh, why don't we Why don't we start there, uh, David? I'm assuming you're talking about uh, Gordon's column about Donovan Mitchell and and his voice and and listening to uh, maybe what Donovan has to say, and that could be a, a definite benefit in our community. Give us your thoughts on what Gordon wrote and that situation with Donovan and as vocal as he's being. Well, I think I'm gonna go big. Just go big picture for a second. I really feel like this is a movement that's going to last years on end and I think is important and not going away anytime soon. Um, and I think it's awesome. And I'm, you know, I've read about everything I could about civil rights movement and I've always wondered what it must have been like to live in the, in the sixties and when it was all going on. And, you know, I always wondered, like, had I grown up in the South, what have I been of the, and, and raised, what have I ended up being one of the people in the mob 
trying to terrorize a seven-year-old girl going to school, or would have I stepped out of it and been on the right side of history? If I lived in the North, would have I gone down to the South and marched? Like, who would have I been? And depending on how I was raised, would have I would have I been able to see out of the cocoon of which I was raised under to see what was right? If I was raised in in a house that taught me the wrong values on this issue, and, th- and these are right and wrong, not not like some other issues where it's just a political debate. This is about fairness and equality, and and treating people equally and giving opportunity. And so this is about right and wrong. And I've always wondered that. I've always truly wondered, uh, as I've read history, you know, you see those pictures of those, what now just look, you know, the fire hoses against, by, by what is it, Connor, Police Chief Connor, and you, like, how could someone ever do that? Well, they were in a culture in which that happened, and it doesn't make it right. And you wonder, I've always wondered and asked myself, like, if I was there and raised in the, in, in a house that had the wrong beliefs on this, would have I been strong enough to, to break through? And and so I think it's a fascinating time to be alive. I think it's kind of awesome to watch it happen and to watch someone like Donovan at, at 23 and 24 years old step forward and and he's going to be willing. He's willing to be a spokesperson. He's willing to take. I think he's got it. You know, he's got to be willing to take the heat that comes with it every time that he he steps out. It's going to be ugly, and there aren't going to be people to support him. He's going to have to know he's right and 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 be that person. And he, you know, his. His mom and dad raised him with intention, uh, is the way I like to phrase it. There was nothing accidental ever happening in Donovan's life. Nicole was on it, and Don Mitchell was on it, and you know they, you know Nicole, you know took jobs based on where Donovan would get schooling to give him exposure, and and so he's a unique, bright young man who is seems to be walking himself into the forefront of a movement, and that's hard, and it's impressive, and um, it's a. It's fascinating to watch, and I, 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 I'm, I'm there for him, and I don't know what that means, and I, I'll support him, and you know, for a day at man, I went through all the mentions and blocked a lot of people. Like, if you're going to treat Donovan like that, then I'm blocking you. You don't get my stuff. That's the way that's going to work. That's not a lot, but that's what I can do that day. So. Um, and I want to point out, by the way, on those comments on Donovan, I don't think this has been talked about enough. I went through every single one of them. 80% of them were high school kids. And that's where this starts, is education. And that's what I think is interesting, right? Because I read about the civil rights movement at the same age as those kids. And, and would have I been strong enough at that age to buck out of what I've been taught at home? Or if I wasn't taught enough at home? Most of the most of those, if you go back and look through Donovan's Instagram quotes, and you go click on the profiles, you know it's WCHS twenty two, right? You know BHHS twenty one. You know I made those up. It's not. I wasn't like trying to find specific schools, but that's what it said, right? So those were high school kids. The majority, I actually think about seventy five, eighty percent of them. So that's that tells us something. Like that tells us, you know, it's sad, but. But that's that's education. That's parenting. That's schooling. That's are we? What are we teaching our kids at school? Are we taking the time to go through our our most difficult things? Right? You know, I'm always stunned as someone who's married to someone whose parents were jailed for being American citizens of the wrong race. When I ask people about it, they don't know anything about it. Right? But my wife's parents were put in jail for three years as American citizens because of their race. So don't start talking about how we don't have a race issue in this country. David, I don't know how you would have uh, reacted had you been brought up in the wrong household with uh, 
wrong thinking, but I do know that you were brought up in a in a really good household, and uh, I remember watching that happen when I was young and uh, being horrified by it uh, in my situation. And I think uh, you would have responded uh, every bit the same way. And it's a good thing. I'm hopeful, like you were talking about, that more and more people will be brought up the right way so that uh, eventually we can limit this uh, to the level we all hope it gets to. So and, and, and you and I have talked about this before. I think it's important for people like you, David, who have uh, a high profile and have access to influencing people that, that you'll continue to speak out and do what you can in that regard, because it does make a difference. I think it's the, I think supportive has changed. That, that's, this is the comment I've made. I think most of us, uh, and, and probably here, as Donovan said on the ESPYs, I'm talking to the, you know, he said I'm talking to the white population. I think this is talking, I think I'm doing that right now here. I think for most of us, we've been supportive. But our support has been passive and maybe scared. Didn't want to ruffle. I think it's time to be active and brave. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, how much you know, of this message do you think we're going to see in the Orlando bubble? You know, I've heard rumors about uh, you know, maybe on jerseys or on a court. or you know, I imagine this is going to be pretty top of mind for a lot of those players and will be top of mind for the whole event. I mean, if I was LeBron and I was Donovan and I was Dame Lillard and I was James Harden, I would tell my corporate sponsors, we're not doing anything unless it's part of the message is Black Lives Matter. Like, I'm not doing anything. If you want me as your spokesperson, that's part of the message. Like, every message on every commercial has been about COVID for the last three months, right? Like, everyone. Like, every company. Most every company has had some, like, our world change, right? So your marketing message changes. Like, that would be... So from the TV standpoint, I would certainly be doing that if I was uh, one of these athletes. Um, and then I think, you know, the NBA has to show a tremendous amount of support, uh, whether that's Black Lives Matters is on the floor, whether that I don't know what that is, whether it's on his, his jersey patch. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it better be it's going to and, and the players are going to demand it. And, and I think it's great. The players. The players are going to demand so much out of the league and teams in the upcoming years. And if you're not on board and supportive, there's going to be a price to pay. So, David, let me circle back to what you were talking about a minute ago about uh, many of our listeners being uh, white uh, what suggestions do you have if if somebody wants to follow their heart and make a difference? What what, what how can they do that? What, 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 do you have have you thought about that at all? You know, I don't know the answer on that, and I think that's what's been hardest for people. I mean, I think the first word that everyone's using is listen, right? Um, and and I'll share 
if, if I may, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna only share my own personal experiences because I don't really know how to tell anyone else to live. I'm probably not very, you know, I'm not. But th- so we uh, and this was just an eye opener for me recently. I thought this was a this was a good ex- example. I'm gonna probably, you know, I'm, I'm gonna show my own ignorance here a little bit, and I think maybe that's it. Listen and be willing to concede that it's not a personal attack on you. I think that that would be my two things. One is it's not an attack on you. You know, just our society has issues. They're real. The incarceration rate is real. You know, the age of terror is real. Okay. Like it doesn't mean it's on you when someone talks about these things. So here, here, I'll share a story. Unlocked on, we did a Black Lives Roundtable. We had eight of our African. Actually, they asked. Okay, here's here's point one. I, I first labeled as African American hosts. They all came back to me and said we'd like to be referred to black. Okay, I listened. So we had eight of our black hosts host a roundtable and talk about what their life experiences have been in America. And so I'm first on with them and I said, hey, I'd like to have a really great open and have something that really catches everyone's attention, a real just grabber. I was I was thinking about like, hey, like I'm Ross Jackson from Louisiana, live in LA, and then share your first really obvious racist experience you had. And then the next one, hi, I'm Aaron Freeman, locked on Falcons. And then you, sh- you know, I'm a father of two and then boom. And so I think I'm doing this great grabbing open. And Ross says to me, I'd really rather just be a human rather than be defined by when someone was racist toward me. I was like, Oh, it's a great point. You're absolutely right. So how do we open the show? I'm Ross Jackson. Grew up in Louisiana. Currently live in L.A. I'm a stage manager at theater. I run the so-and-so website. I host Locked On Saints. And my mom is so-and-so. My dad is so-and-so. Hi, I'm Aaron Freeman, father of two. I work in Atlanta. I host Locked On Falcons. Hi, I'm Chris Carter. I'm a lawyer. I host, like, we're humans. But I would have blown it. Right? Like, I, But I listened. The second one was we were going through topics. And I wanted to talk about when white America is being racist without realizing it. Okay, so that could be as simple as walking up to the African-American or the black and saying, what sport do you play? Right, it doesn't seem like it, but to them it might, right? So that's my, these guys, I don't want to talk about that. That's for you. So, all right, great point. You know what I let them do? I let them choose their topics. They talked about it. I thought it was brilliant. It was incredible. And the biggest takeaway I took from it, I had eight guys in eight different cities at all different ages. I had Tony Wiggins, the locked-on Jaguars, who'd been a barber for 20 years, came out of the military, 50-some-odd years old. And I had Cody Davis, who's 22 years old and just graduated from Lamar. Every single one of them had a story, all eight for eight. Of either be, of pulled over by the cops, being called the N-word, or someone in the neighborhood telling them they didn't belong. All of them. All eight. Okay, mm. I'm an ignorant fool. I didn't realize it was every single one. Mm. I knew it happened, but I didn't realize that it's absolutely a part of every person's life who's grown up with black colored skin. Didn't realize it. As much as I thought I was supportive. David, so I think oh, sorry, I think David. that's part of it. Sorry, I think that you got to listen, and you, I think you got to listen. I think you got to, and I think you got to be willing to hear. 
and then not take it personally. I, but, I, you know, what our exact direct actions are, I think companies have to make incredible efforts. And not – companies have to make incredible efforts, and it's not one. Like, you're not just adding one. You've got to create a culture inside your companies that are welcoming and that are willing to promote. David Locke with us and uh, changing the subject a little bit, David, and I, I do have some basketball stuff for you. I'm glad we're, we're talking about this, though. I think it's very productive. But I do want to ask you about the Jazz and their roster. And we've asked you over the past couple of weeks about uh, you know, making up for Boyan Bogdanovich's production. And we've talked about Mike Conley and Joe Ingles. Well, looking at the, the back part of the roster, David, as, as kind of opportunities trickle down, who maybe in the back end of the roster is going to be relied upon a little bit more because the Jazz or short that particular player? Well, I think that, that well, I think George Niang, um, you know, is going to be vital. Um, you know, we're going to have other players get nicked here along the way and have little injuries and things like that that is probably going to change this as, you know, time goes on. Um, as everyone's getting ready and coming off this unique circumstance, I'm sure there's going to be some guys that come back with issues and some guys that, you know, have issues. And um, But I think the interesting one, for me, is Jarrell Brantley and Jawan Morgan. Um, and the reason I say that is you, you don't want to drop to the seventh seed and end up with the Lakers or Clippers in the first round. I guess it would be the Clippers. But if you're going to be three through six without home court advantage, I don't think it really matters. I know we all don't want to play the Rockets, but I'm not totally convinced that the Rockets are that much better than the Nuggets or the Thunder, right? Like, uh, and Or the Mavericks are in there. I think the Mavericks are probably better than anyone. Um but so we we don't really you don't really care because there's no home court advantage. So you actually I think have this unique opportunity to play someone like Jarrell Brantley or Jawan Morgan in these games against fellow NBA players in an NBA setting for some period of run and and learn about them. You know, summer league is is nice, but it's not the same thing as playing NBA guys, right? Like at this point, if Jarrell Brantley goes to summer league, you'd hope he dominates. And he wouldn't be playing a role at all similar to what he would do if he was playing in the NBA. Instead, he would be, you know, probably playing with the ball in his hands and trying to make plays every time. So how does he do in an NBA setting? I think you've got a chance to play Juwan Morgan or Jarrell Brantley for four of the eight games at some amount of legitimate time. You might have to, frankly. But I think it's a great opportunity to learn against NBA players in a manner that you would really never get to do again. You're never going to have an eight-game stretch again, hopefully, in which you don't really care about seeding and you don't care about some playoff things. Like I think that's a pretty interesting, interesting opportunity. David, how do you feel about the various uh, NBA players who have opted out of returning to Orlando? So, I mean – the Pollyanna answer here, Gordon, is who am I to judge what's going on in someone else's life without any of the knowledge to understand it, right? So, you know, he, Trevor Ariza's seems to have a unique visitation with his son that well, makes some sense. Like, if I only got to see my son for a month and like, and it was set in the summer and then all of a sudden you told me I had to play, like, I made as much money as Trevor Ariza has in his life and my career's at that stage. Like, makes a lot of sense. Davis Bertans. You know, I think Washington is not particularly worried about making the playoffs. I don't think that was a high priority when they were in town when I saw them. Um, so I don't think it's a high priority now. And so to keep Davis Bertans healthy and keep him happy and maybe be able to have almost promised him some sort of deal right now um, of some sort might 
make a lot of sense. Avery Bradley to me, don't quite get it. Got a championship on the line. Um, you're pretty darn important to that team, and you're not going. Like, that's surprising. Now, I don't know the whole story. I don't know what the reasoning might be and what other issues there might be to it. And, you know, you know who knows? Like, right? Like, it could be a mental health issue. There could be all sorts. could be millions of things I don't know about. But just on the surface, uh, that surprises me. I'll be curious to see what the locker room's like for him if, you know, when he comes back in November and he's on a, if he's on that same roster. And then uh, I, I think it has an enormous impact on the on the season. Like, I, I, you know, I think Avery Bradley is part of the Laker championship team and a pretty big part of a Laker championship game, 23, 24 minutes a night. They're a much better defensive team when he's on the floor. Um, Alex Caruso is a decent fill-in, but he's not Avery Bradley. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, David, curious to your thoughts on what the Knicks are doing. They hired Leon Rose uh, basically to run the show. We know Walt Perrin is going to join that staff, and we know how good he is at his job, just terrific. And now today they hire World Wide West. It's, what, do you th- what do you make of, of how they're constructing a front office? Well, I mean, I think Leon Rose is driving the ship, and everyone I've ever talked to about, I don't know Leon Rose, I've never met him, um, so I don't have any personal um, knowledge of him, but everybody who does know him speaks very highly of his competence, so uh, I'm going to assume that the Knicks, um, until James Dolan has an impact, are trying to build a reasonable, responsible uh, front office, and then we'll see how long they can do that before it gets impacted. <laughs> Uh, David, do you have, I know you're not in the guessing business, but I'm, I'm wondering if you think that any team other than the Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers has a chance at a title. Um, I think the Raptors have a speed element, and I can't figure out what the impact on that would be as we come back. They're faster than everyone else. They play at a little bit of different tempo than everyone else, just kind of around the floor. Um, so I think they're worth the discussion. Um, I mean, I'm not still quite – I mean, I, when the Rockets went small, I thought they could make a little bit of a run because I liked for their numbers what they were doing, but I don't know that that's going to hold. Um, so, you know, they're not – like I know Denver had all the hype around them and all that and they were talking a big game. I'm not sure I'm buying in. Um, am I forgetting? You know, so Philadelphia and Boston are the next two, right, that you'd be mentioning? You know, we saw Boston recently and beat them, so it's hard to feel like they're on that level quite yet. I don't think they quite have the maturity in the team for that. Um, Philadelphia has been just – they're not right. They don't. It's not put together right. Philadelphia is one that's been interesting to me. They clearly didn't gel – it's all sorts of stories about them not getting along. Like when they come back, does it make it worse? Do they all just dread coming back? And this is going to be so, so fascinating. I mean, I was, uh, I saw one of our coaches today uh, just to catch up and just chat. Uh, miss, the, you know, miss these guys a lot. And uh, just the concept of, of life in Orlando. And, and when you really, really start to think about it. You know, no escapism, no no conversation that's not basketball. Nobody involved in your life that's not basketball. Um, you know, Jake, 
You like to go out to a bar every now and then, right? Occasionally, yes. Right. Like, you're, like, I, I, like somehow when we like talk about an NBA player going to a bar, it sounds like like it has an aura to it, right? Right. It's like, so nefarious. People, yeah. Like, right, right, right. So my point is, I'm not trying to pick on you, but like 28-year-old guys like to go to a bar every now and then, have a few drinks, tie one on a little bit, relax a little bit, get a break, right? Right. Like, I don't think you're doing that, right? Because you're supposed to be socially distanced and there's no real... Like, so how are guys, like, getting their drink on? And I don't mean, like, getting drunk. I mean, just, like, like being a 25-year-old kid. Right? Right. Shuffleboard. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, there's a bunch of layers to this. There's, you know, oh, what about the women? Like, okay, well, like, that's probably part of the discussion here. Right? Like, most of these guys aren't probably going 60, 90 days without very often. Right. Right? Like, <laughs> like I just, like, how is it going to work? It's just, like, when we talk about, like, this championship and who's the favorite and who's not, like, all of those conversations are being done out of what we've seen in a regular world. And, you know, I mean, I think there's going to be mental health crisis for some of the players. Like, if you can't get away and it starts to eat at you, like, that really feels like a really bad script, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, this is, this is a really good point. I mean, yeah. Are, is this going to manifest itself out on the court? So, like, when we talk about these teams, and the, we just – and I don't even know what basketball is. I mean, I'm assuming it's still the same. It's 48 minutes and the same rules and the same players, but maybe not. Like – Maybe there's going to be an entirely different style of game without fans and without and the. I gotta feel like I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be right or wrong, but the officiating is going to be different. I don't know how, but it. They're humans, so no crowd, quieter, being able to hear people more, being able to not be caught up in the in the crowd momentum has to impact officiating. Right? But I also think, like, so you used to go, like, this is a normal thing. You have a crappy game. You go out with a few buddies. You have a few drinks. You go to shoot. You don't get wasted. I mean, fine. Where you get wasted, I don't actually care. Right? Like, I, I covered Gary Payton. The stories are, are legendary. Like, there's a story about Gary Payton in between a weekend playoff game, staying in L.A. to party with Salt and Peppa, coming back, like, first thing in the morning, going to shoot around, taking a nap, and dropping 40. <laughs> right? Like, who am I to judge? Right. So, like, how are you, like, getting away? What about the fact, like, that all the players are together? So what's the impact? Like, the impact, like, I don't know. Like, your teammates driving you bananas. So you used to go home and not think about it, not worry about it, get away from it. Now you're not getting away from it. That teammate's probably at the same place you are, or you're talking to two of your buddies, like, or Jason Tatum's talking to Al Horford, his teammate last year, and Al Horford's going, oh, my God, Tobias Harris is such a pain in the ass. Right, and Jason Tatum's like, I know Jalen Brown's pontificating about Black Lives Matters. Every minute we're in the locker room, we'll never shut up. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. Those stories, by the way, were made up and hypothetical and not fair representations of Al Horford or Jason Tatum. <laughs> all good. Just like, they're all in like, so the Jazz are in the same hotel as the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, does that have an impact? I don't have any idea. 
but it's insane to start thinking about. I wish, I got to tell you, after the conversations today, I don't really want to be away from my family for two months, but boy, would I love to go. Yeah. I would love to be there and see what this is going to be. I'd love to know what this can be. Well, David, thank you, as always, for jumping on with us. You always give us something to think about. All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Keep writing great stuff, Gordon. Jake, keep going to the bar and drinking. I'll do my best. (laughs) Thanks, dude. Oh, that was good. There's our good friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll get that up online shortly at 1280thezone.com. All right, let's get back out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Pulse Medical Clinic, he is Dr. Matt Williams with us here on The Big Show. Doctor, how are you? Good. Hey, how are you? Hey, we're doing great. Let's talk a little bit about acoustic wave therapy. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, you know, back in the day, you know, we had pills, um, you know, pumps, things that we used to use for, uh, you know, ED. Now we use an old technology that we've used a long time using sound waves. Just it's newer to use those sound waves, you know, uh, for erectile dysfunction. And we're having, you know, phenomenal results right now. Um, you know, we understand times are tough, and uh, we have some great deals for our patients to come on in, get a free consultation, and great deals on, you know, the procedures. We do twice as many procedures, uh, you know, as other other leading clinics. The guys are getting phenomenal results. All right, so what's uh, for our listeners out there who are interested? What's yeah. the best way to get the ball rolling? Yeah, hey, give us a call eight zero one five zero nine eight 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 eight. Text us call us you know uh you have a couple questions feel free to call us but uh you know come on in eventually and uh get that free consultation all right get on that schedule for the free consultation the website is pulsemedicalclinic.com or as uh the good doctor just mentioned 801-509-8888 801-509-8888 look into acoustic wave therapy doctor thank you very much for your time we appreciate it hey thank you take care that's uh, Dr. Matt Williams from Pulse Medical Clinic, pulsemedicalclinic.com, 801-509-8888. Drop of the day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 128 The Zone. Real quick before we get to sounds of various clips. Um... Announcement from Sacramento. Kings forward Jabari Parker issued the following statement, quote, several days ago, I tested positive for COVID-19, immediately self-isolated in Chicago, which is where I remain. I am progressing in my recovery and feeling well. I look forward to joining my teammates in Orlando as we return to the court for the resumption of the NBA season. Mm. Yep. So there's another one. Yeah, it's going to happen. It certainly is. So there's a little breaking news for you. All right, Gordon, you ready for Sounds of Various Clips today? You, uh, you <laughs> or brought, drop of the day. You brought up this clip earlier in the show. Bill Raftery, uh, the what uh, college basketball announcer, uh, was on a podcast and uh, had this to say about uh, going through this pandemic. 
show guy. How have you coped with distancing over these last couple of months? Well, it's called Kettle One, basically. That's a good start. You know, uh, cocktail time gets earlier every day, uh, sort of unfortunately. But we we, had, we actually ended up having a delightful time here as best you can. Your cocktail time gets earlier <laughs> every day. That Little is raftery. There are certain things that Bill can get away with saying that maybe someone else wouldn't. But uh, it's called onions. Kettle One. Onions. Well, it's called Kettle One. Is that your brand, Gordon? I, I don't even know what that is. Kettle One is a brand of vodka. Okay. You you would strike me more as a schmearnaf type of dude. Really, Basically, that's a good start. <laughs> you know, uh, cocktail time gets earlier every day. <laughs> What's the difference between uh, between Kettle One and uh, Shmirnoff? About twenty five mm. bucks in Utah. I uh, haven't. Didn't I read somewhere where uh, alcohol sales have uh, have been uh, up during this period of time? You know what? I I assumed that they were, but I I read a story to the contrary the other day that they've actually really? been down. Oh, which really surprised me. Maybe up at the beginning, and then now it's just down because it. It like everything else during this whole thing has gotten old. Mm, okay, I don't know. I, I don't know, but uh, good for Bill. I thought that was a hilarious line. Cocktail time has gotten earlier every day. <laughs> uh, where's Bill live? Uh, uh, Bismarck, South Dakota, North Dakota. Where? <laughs> which one's Bismarck in? That's a good question. I think Bismarck is north, isn't it? Or is it? I think it's north. Yeah. Which one has Banff? That'd be uh, Canada, oh. Alberta, isn't it? Mm. What is the capital uh, of South Dakota? Uh, it, it's not Rapid City, is it? No. Um, what is it? Shoot. I used to know all these. I had them all memorized. No. It's kind of uh, it's got a French name to it. Pierre. Yeah. No. Yeah, Pierre. Uh huh. That's right. Nice. All right. So there you go, solving the world's mysteries. Well, that was pretty funny, Gordon. What time's cocktail time for you these days? <laughs> 10 30 well, a.m.? As you know, I am not a drinker, uh, but uh, I, I do. Uh, after the show, I'll uh, go in and get a nice, uh, a nice dinner and uh, maybe a, a beverage that uh, tastes good to me. Like what, a rusty nail? <laughs> what's that? What's a rusty nail? It's, I think it's scotch and drambuie. What? What's iron port? A, a port is kind of like a wine. Is a type of wine. Uh, I'll just have myself a, some water or maybe a Diet Coke or something. Good on you, Gordo. All right, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oops. 
sit back. Yeah. And my other boys don't know how to act. All right, I have a quick question for you, Austin. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin, if Justin Timberlake was bringing sexy back, what is Gordon bringing back? Uh, black and white television. Gordon? <laughs> what? What are you bringing back? If Justin Taylor is bringing sexy back, Gordon Timberlake. Monson is, or what did I say? Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Justin Timberlake is bringing sexy back. Gordon Monson is bringing blank back. Poetry. I was going to go with socks with sandals. I haven't haven't worn that in a long, long time. And you've never written poetry. I have done my fair share. (laughs) One poem with a quacking (laughs) does not make you a poet. (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't even rhyme. Uh, Maybe I'll provide. Yeah, it does quack and crack, splat and splat. Yeah, it doesn't have to and be. And it had exact. a picture. Poetry doesn't have pictures. <laughs> uh, I'll have to uh, maybe sample for our listeners uh, some of my poetry sometime. Uh, like your Big Show original rap. Gordon, Gordon <laughs> is bringing color-themed casual wear back. Oh. Boy, that seems like six years ago. That seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? What is that? I don't even know. What do you mean you don't know? You only spent like a month dressing in a different color every day. Oh, okay. All right. I thought I thought you were talking about something else. I could do (laughs) that. That's what I've been talking about. I thought you were talking about a fashion trend from ten years ago or something. Uh, Yeah, I could I could do that. I could do that. Casual wear. What you what you did? You wore a different color every day. Yeah, I can do that. I could probably do that for a couple of months. I did. I wasn't. See, this is Gordon. I must take too many shots at you because everything is just like on defense. Like, hey, what are you referring to there? That was a compliment. No, I I had nothing to do with being defensive. I just misunderstood what Mm -hmm. it was. All right, now you're being defensive about being defensive. Seriously. Hey, let's uh, let's update this uh, Novak uh, Djokovic story real quick here, Gordon. Why we have a couple right. of minutes because we talked about how he uh, was diagnosed with COVID nineteen. He held a, a tennis tournament basically in protest of the whole thing, and uh, uh, a different a different tennis player came down with it. A guy by the name of Grigor Dimitrov, and. Uh, now he's getting blamed, isn't he? Well, Novak Djokovic's dad, who he himself is kind of a piece of work, uh, had this to say about this. All right, you ready? Quote, Dimitrov came from America with COVID-19 and spread it. He has done great damage to Novak, our family, and Serbia. Mm. Who invited him? <laughs> Novak Djokovic. He mm-hmm. put on the tournament. Mm-hmm. He's the one who did it, and it was like a like a thumb the nose at people concerned about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But to to basically say he he let down Serbia, I mean that's that's a tad bit on the extreme, no? Man, that guy sounds like a joy to be around, doesn't he? Well, his son's kind of a piece of work too, so it's probably yeah. one of those uh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree type of things. But also, you know what surfaced today, Gordon, is a picture of uh, Novak Djokovic and Nikola Jokic embracing. Yeah, kind of in a in a friend hug type scenario. And of was course, that what was the... the news yesterday was uh, that uh, Jokic had come down for it. It, did all of that occur during this tournament time that he was holding? I believe so. Hmm. It was a week ago, 
apparently. Here, here's an idea that just maybe for general consumption and maybe everyone to consider just for a minute would be don't thumb your nose at a worldwide pandemic. How about that? Or at very least, you know, you do you, and why don't you you leave you know the the thumbing of the nose out of it? I I you know it's one thing for Rudy Gobert back in March to do what he did. What what uh, the Joker did here was uh, I think oh much I mean, more significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a whole oh, different yeah. level. It's a whole different level. Knowing what we know, uh, just well. Yeah, and Rudy was showed significant remorse for that whole thing. Yes, and uh, yeah, Djokovic showed some remorse a little bit yesterday, but his behavior during all of this has been nothing short of uh, of jackassery. You know who hasn't been acting that way, and never would, and never has, who, and never will. Roger Federer. True. Of course not. True. There's a reason Lisa's in love with him. (laughs) Not his Rogerness. No way. What, you were just going to let my comment there slide by? Yeah, I was. I'm surprised. I wonder if that's Gordon's real pet name, by the way. Roger. Fetty. Fed. No. No. No, my my wife doesn't think like that. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. That's why that incriminating audio is such a a farce and a pain. You've talked about her, her. She doesn't think that way. You've talked about her crush on Roger before. She likes the way Roger Federer plays tennis, well, Jake. That, that, how many times do I have to explain this to you? Well, that's how you, you know, that's what you tell yourself, I guess, which I, which I never understood. It's all right for a spouse to have a celebrity crush. What's the matter with that? I'm, all I'm repeating to you is what she says to me when I, when I asked her about it. She said, no, no, I just... You, she, well, it might be a little more than that. I, 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 if I'm going to be completely honest, yeah, maybe. There's nothing she, wrong with that. You she, can... my, my wife is a student of the game and has watched a lot of tennis, and she loves the way Roger. I love the way Roger plays. I mean, it's uh, it is a sight to behold. Uh, <laughs> I've got a funny story. Well, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to show. Ah, go ahead. You, now that you said it, you can't stop. I can't remember exactly what my mother said to Jimmy Connors because she was umpiring his match and she was behind him. But in some way, shape, or form, she complimented his derriere. She, what? Yeah. Your mom? Yeah. What did she say? I, I honestly don't remember. I'm not, I, I can't remember word for word what, what she said. But see, that's fine. Celebrity crush, you know? She probably is fine. Jimmy Connors is a good-looking guy. Who's she good? said she said that to Connor. Really? Yeah, something like that. I I hope I'm relaying the story correctly, mm. but I can't remember exactly what she said. But it was it was something along those lines. But you're jealous of Roger. It's all right. Well, all I know is my wife was at a at a tournament and he was pra- he was warming up on one of the practice courts, and she had her phone with her, and so she she f- recorded it, and, and she said. He's standing 15 feet away. <laughs> yeah, this isn't sounding like she just appreciates his game, really, to me. But but she's not jealous of your celebrity crush, right? Oh, uh, yeah, but she, she, gives, uh, she gives me a little bit of a hard time now and again. But uh, she knows that I, 
I really like Roger Federer. If I could go watch anybody in the world play tennis, uh, even knowing my wife really favors the way he plays, <laughs> mm. I would I would choose to go see him play. That, Austin uh, just just mouthed to me who about your celebrity crush through the the glass, and I am just shocked because no, Gordon I, I, can't I go. 30 seconds without bringing up well, his celebrity crush. It's funny I said who because when this whole thing started, I almost piped in and said, when Gordon said, no, Lisa just likes the way he plays tennis, I almost piped in and said, and you just like the way Jennifer Conley acts. Right. Look, I liked <laughs> Jennifer Conley in uh, A Beautiful Mind. All right. Uh, I thought she did a, a, a beautiful job of acting in that movie, and and now you've turned it into me lusting after Jennifer Connelly. It's okay to have a crush, Gordon. Uh, you don't you don't need to dirty it up but by using the word it's not, lust. It's, it's fine. Not, it's not a crush. Uh, how do you define a crush? You talk about Jennifer Connelly a lot. You bring it up. I didn't bring it up this time. You bring it up. I don't hardly ever talk about Jennifer Connelly. Okay, let's let's calm down a minute. Am I being defensive? A little bit, and it's fine. It's fine. You don't need to dirty it up. We all have our celebrity. Crushes. There's another. There's another woman. I don't even know her name. Who I I saw the other day that I thought was uh, really talented and uh, did catch my attention, but I don't even know her name. So must not be well, that big of a deal. So so glad you brought it up. Well, you you said that you know, if she, but I don't think she. I really don't think she looks at Roger like that. It's not like he's you know George Clooney or Brad Pitt or something like that. But yeah, right, and it's fine. It's it's fine. Well, he's got a beautiful back backhand. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did and, you say backhand and or? other features that she happens to admire? <laughs> back end. I don't know. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo, another show coming to a close. Yes, we've uh, covered a lot of ground today and uh, had an enjoyable time when we argued we yeah, you were you were wrong a lot today. Well, well, I mean, you get used to it after a while, you know. Although my wife did come in at one point, and she uh, she said, "Be nice, be nice to Jake." You didn't really so, listen to her, did you? Well, I did. Why do you think I quit arguing with you? <laughs> did you quit arguing with me? <laughs> <laughs> did, did that I thought happen? I did. did that, I thought I did. Yeah. Did that really happen? Well, no. Anyway, you're you're just upset. You think the Lakers are cheating? How come she never tells you to be nice to me? Uh, well, I think I think at one point she did say just be nice in a general sense, not be nice specifically to Jake. Because oh, and you just left like, me out. Got it. That's real uh, nice of you. It did, uh, did she, she said no. She just said be nice. Uh, you know, meaning. Including you. Did mm. did she do that? Did she really stick up for us? Yeah. Wow. She didn't stick up for you. She just said, "Be nice." She didn't say you were right. No, but but she she brought awareness uh, of our feelings to your fro- forefront. She did. I'm just saying that was really nice of her. Well, that's that's the way she wrote. She's a peacemaker. 
she'd make a, a lousy uh, talk show host uh, because uh, she would, if you said what you said, she would say, and she's not, she's no pushover, believe me, but she would probably say, well, Jake, that's a very interesting point of view. <laughs> Did, I, I think your wife would make a wonderful show host. Is that your Lisa impression, by the way? Yeah, that was a Lisa impression. I don't think I've ever heard that before. No, hey, just I didn't that again. like her. She just, she just is very, she's nice, but she, she's, she's tough, too. She's, she uh, she uh, has firm beliefs that are, you're not going to get her off those kinds of uh, thoughts uh, easily. I'll say it like that. So she would, she would put up some resistance. She'd just be very nice about it, Jake. Okay. I, I'm just saying, I think she, you said she wouldn't make a very good show host. I just disagree with that. That's all. <laughs> I think she'd well, make a fine show host. She, I, I'd like to get, I'd like to get the, the, our wives on the air one of these times and have them uh, uh, tell us how we're wrong uh, and, uh, you know, educate our listeners that way. We could probably start with today's not sports report. Mm-hmm. I I do feel like uh, I could Good say point. this with a hundred percent certainty. My wife will never do that. She won't. Why no. not? N- never, because she doesn't want to be on the radio. Oh, okay. She worked in radio and didn't want to be on the radio. I don't think Lisa would really want to be on either. But that doesn't mean it wouldn't be interesting. True. All right, Gordo. I'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Enjoy your evening. All right, I'll uh, I'll uh, just sort of uh, lick my wounds and come back tomorrow and be nice tomorrow, Jake. Good, I like that. We'll talk to you then on the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the zone.